Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to The Mandalorian Season 3 Predictions and Speculation. This week, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 4, what we think might happen in next week's episode of The Mandalorian. We're going to dive into everything we think will happen, but before we do so, please hit that like button. Help us get to 40 likes. That's our goal. And also subscribe to our channel. We are covering The Mandalorian a lot, as well as The Bad Batch Season 2. If you are watching this and you haven't been voting in our bracket polls, make sure you're voting. We are accepting your brackets as well, so if you would like to send in one of your brackets, we have the link attached to not only this video but all of the polls so fill out that bracket send it in to us and we will feature it on our bracket recap video so let's get into the mandalorian season three episode four it was about 40 minutes of a story that didn't have anything to do in the mandalorians but it focused on the new republic which gives us a lot of interesting information to talk about so we can actually split up this video into kind of those two plot points because i think this episode revealed episode three revealed that this the storyline between the New Republic and the Empire is still very much so present in this show, even if we are focusing on Mandalore, even if we're focusing on Mandalorians, it does seem that the Empire is still the main threat of this season. So let's start there, because that was the predominant part of this episode. We had Dr. Pershing at the end of episode three. He was being eased by a mind flare type device to help him relax from his former stresses that were induced by the Empire. And then Elliot Kane turns that switch and cranks it all the way up to the max and seemingly erases his memories based on cloning. So we know cloning, which is a major part of the Bad Batch right now, and we've talked about how the, that finale is going to intersect with episode five. We know cloning is going to be another major part of this season. What are its implications that be, could be led towards something like the Grogu plotline? Because we still haven't had a reason for Grogu to be back in this season yet. So there's a lot of things to talk about here with the Dr. Pershing mind wipe. But Senek, what are your thoughts on the way the New Republic will be kind of used here moving forward throughout the rest of the season? And do you think they'll be a part of episode four? No, I don't think they'll be a big part of episode four. We might have some tags at best in this episode because I don't think they just dropped that storyline for like five or six episodes. Because at the end of the day, even looking online, the perception of this episode is like, this is a weird filler thing. And it just from like a totally different show. People are calling this the Mandorlian. It's that complaint that people are getting from Book of Boba Fett with Mando hijacking that show. But I don't think this was the same degree because Mando's entire episode five in the Book of Boba Fett, there's nothing with Boba. He's not even in it. Episode six, Boba's only in it for like two seconds and it's a Luke episode and all that. But it's not the same thing when we still have an amazing opening dog fight. We put Bo-Katan past their gloomy fanciful posing on her throne that's all gone her home world castle is destroyed now she's with the children in the watch she's staring at that mythosaur skull and you know she's been asking about the mythosaur so it's like well no we've we've had plenty of development here it just isn't like a bombastic huge story implicated episode for them yet and i think that's something they'll be saved for later and something we'll touch on more in that our second part of the predictions here 
But what this part of the storyline does for me is that we have Pershing, Penn Pershing, we have Elia Kane. They are both in some way getting connected back to Gideon. And I think Elia Kane, even though we didn't really have much of a personality from her Amanda season two, the way she was set up in the story to be that very uneasy presence, she's only, she's having fun, but she's trying to help. That sort of distress that we're kind of built in with and having that payoff. Great, wonderful. I don't think Pershing is gone. I think he is temporarily silenced, but I don't think he loses his capabilities and knowledge of cloning. I think he loses his awareness of working with the Gideon, well, with those experiments on Navarro. I think that's kind of where his position is there. Um, so yeah, maybe he is knocked out a little bit and we follow mostly Elia Kane, uh, but not in the next episode. Those At best, I feel like it'll be tags with her potentially visiting a Moff Gideon somehow that is escaped or has some contact in between to help out. That's where I think all this New Republic stuff is going. I still think we see Coruscant just not with our Bo-Katan or not with our Mandalorian and Din Djarin. So I, I think that's where we are because this next episode feels like bombastic Mandalorian action is about to happen in the mass. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I do think... By setting this storyline up in episode three, if we want to compare it to other seasons of The Mandalorian, episode three of season two set up Bo-Katan, which has become not only a big part of season two, but a huge part of season three. And Bo-Katan is now like the co-lead of the show. So by having these characters in the third episode, we're basically saying they are here to stay and they're not just going to be a blip, a one episode thing. And whether you like that or not, the show has always featured New Republic elements in it. Personally, we've talked about this in a lot of our predictions videos. We think that the New Republic elements, the Luke stuff, the Ahsoka stuff, all the cameos, that stuff might not be as prevalent, or at least the Force side of the New Republic is not going to be as prevalent in this show as it's been in the past. But I think what we are doing is splitting up what the range of the New Republic was with Carson Teva as one of its leads. He has been in the trailer multiple times. We're going to have him come back and maybe be a part of some type of investigation that is about Moff Gideon and about what Elia Kane does ultimately do and who she is ultimately working for. I mean, Gideon, I mean, for as much as we've talked about Thrawn and as much as we think that Heir to the Empire is the basis for a lot of what is going to happen in season three and four of The Mandalorian, as well as Ahsoka and whatever happens here in the future Thrawn has only been name dropped in one episode and there's nothing really about what Thrawn is doing I don't think we see Thrawn in this show other than possibly a cameo and I think it could be a speaking cameo it could be Thrawn's back Thrawn's eyes somebody standing far away looking at art it could be all of those things but the villain we've set up for the Mandalorian the one who the Mandalorians have a beef with and the one who does not like the Mandalorians is Moff Gideon. So I do think he is coming back at some point. We've mentioned him in almost every episode of this season, and we still have no idea what is actually going on with him because every person has a different story. Is he hooked up to a mind flare? Did they send him off somewhere? Is he in a prison somewhere? Nobody really knows. And I think Elliot Kane's reappearance is going to kind of be a part of the the strings that are being pulled here. And we already saw him do a like Loki and Avengers one type thing in the Mandalorian season two finale, where he let himself kind of get defeated and caught. Then the dark troopers came after him. I wouldn't be surprised if it's something similar here might be part of the plot and the ploy to get 
within the ranks of the New Republic. We also have to remember Coruscant is not the capital of the New Republic. While it's in a very important world and it might be the center of the reconditioning effort and all of that for these Imperials that are being transitioned into New Republic life, it is not the center of politics in the New Republic. So I do like the angle of Pershing not remembering Gideon or any of that stuff. I could also see him kind of being used almost like a Bodhi in, in Rogue One where he's slowly gaining back his memories after Bodhi is messed up by the Borgullet. I don't think we are completely ignoring these characters for the rest of the season. Maybe they're not in the next episode, but I do think they are going to be a huge part of what the overall plot is because we kind of wrapped up the plot of season one and two. It was a similar type plot. It was about Grogu and getting his blood for the cloning. This is reintroducing the cloning plot and it's going to set us forward to the, the major plot of the Mandalorian that I think is going to be the centerpiece of the villain side of the story for Mandalorian season three, but also Mando season four. We really haven't had a season three villain and, and shown up yet. So I think all that stuff is coming back. But let's talk about Din and Bo-Katan, because like you mentioned, we had a great dogfight with them at the beginning. One of the best dogfights we've seen in Star Wars since Rogue One and probably the best one in Star Wars TV. We had that at the beginning, and then the end was also massive. We had her join the Children of the Watch, kind of reluctantly, kind of not. She seems to be embracing it as all the Mandalorians are coming and patting her on the back and shaking her hand and telling her welcome. She is looking for home, and it seems like she might be considering finding it with the Children of the Watch, even if she thinks they're crazy and she thinks they're weird. And with that last longing shot, looking at the Mythosaur, she has information that's really pertinent to them, and we're going to see how that plays out. Sonic, what do you think happens in episode four? It is directed by Carl Weathers. It seems like we're probably going back to Navarro. We're going to have Brief Karga. Maybe we have IG-11 finally back. But how do you think the way episode three ended with the look at the Mythosaur, with Bo-Katan being part of the Children of the Watch, how do you think all that is going to tie in with our journey in episode four? Well, I think our journey will episode four is going to be one of integration, un uneasy integration for Bo-Katan. You're going to take someone who everyone knows who she is. That dynamic, I think, will be played on. I don't know if they're going to have a lot of direct interactions other than like in between things. It'll be like one of those things where like someone comes from a different part of the world in the story and then they have to integrate. It's like it's almost like an easy comparison that I think people could pick up on today is avatar i think this will be a process of not entirely unlearning but an entire adjustment for bo -Katan. Uh, she's not taking off her helmet so learning to eat <laughs> will be pretty interesting for her as well without her helmet on i and i, I feel like maybe she'll be like as like a humorous moment she'll be like can we make do you guys have any pog soup and they'll be like what is that and she'll be like oh man like i just have to eat this gruel that you guys have that might be more traditional but might make her remember of like ceremonies of her childhood and being stuck eating this but i think you'll also have serious months of training of how they work together i think there's still an element of taking on bo katan's years of experience that she'll be able to win out on train these guys in how to fight in the air because if there's one thing Bo-Katan is better than anyone else at, I think it is aerial combat still. Just her confidence in Rebels, her confidence in the Clone Wars. We're going to have a lot of also philosophical discussions about her and the traditions where she's going to be like, why do you guys do this? And I want to see like a lot more of these unnamed characters because they're in mass. I'd like to see them get a little bit more of their personalities there. 
little bit more Paz Vizsla talking, and then I think we get into Navarro stuff because Carl Weathers is directing episode four. He's only directed one other episode, and that was also Navarro. I figure we're going to have the pirates return again in force. Maybe the pirates come after the covert on their planet, and with Bo-Katan and Mando's training, they're able to ward them off, and the pirates are like, all right, well, what's our next best option? Go back to Navarro, which is currently unprotected, unprotected attack the people there cause chaos once more you can have grief cargo call for aid it'll have a huge sequence with uh, i mean everyone from katie sackoff to pedro pascal has been hyping up like these huge mandalorian battles and we've seen clips of it in the trailers and promos me personally i would also love for bo katan to also bring in some of her old crew maybe this is a way to show how she has changed and instead of being the mopey leader who was depressed about the dark saber maybe they see and feel her passion for uniting the mandalorians once more even if she's not the leader and maybe those forces come to help out because i do think we see a lot of night owl colors too in some of the shots there this is a bit of a stretch here but i think that point of like the huge plot of land that Garif Karga talked about in the premiere episode I think that's a great place for the covert to then be stationed there you can have the Mandalorians return but now have a little bit more open interaction with the people instead of hiding in the shadows instead of a marshal you'll have an entire security force if you're trying to make navarro this independent trading beacon this will be a great place to have that and i think din is at this point in time where he's like i do want a place i can come back to and navarro has a lot of bad but also increasingly positive memories for me this will be a great way to pay them back and also put them in a stronger position than ever before i think i think that's the summation of the episode for me yeah, those are some really cool, strong ideas. I, I think it is mission-oriented, the reason they are called back to Navarro. At this point, he doesn't need IG-11, so we're still hung on that whole plot point of, is IG-11 even coming back? I mean, I feel like you don't really introduce IG-11 to not bring him back. Right now, we haven't seen Din make any more progress toward getting the part, unless maybe the Anzellans have found a part or... Reef Karga's come into possession of a part and he calls Mando back. You can come pick up your droid because it's done. It's ready now. We can get back that way. But that would be cool if the pirates do return. If the pirate, if there is an all-out war on Navarro, I think that's another great reason why Grief Karga could call Din. And that's another reason why they need reinforcements. And we've seen a lot of shots of the Mandalorians dropping out of both ships. So what better place to start than there? We could see Bo-Katan start her journey towards maybe a leadership role in the children of the watch Bo-Katan really hasn't been a part of anything post clone wars that she hasn't taken a leadership role in not trying to kill off the armorer but i think we could see somebody like the armorer die i think that's a character who is big enough maybe not next episode but towards the end of the season it's a character who's big enough and and iconic enough to kill off that would have a little bit of weight and i think Bo could be influenced starting in this episode towards actually becoming appreciative of the children of the watch to the point where she does decide to maybe stake her claim for a leadership role with the idea that she has seen the mythosaur with all that information tying that all full circle there is a way that maybe even if the armor didn't die 
she could prop Bo-Katan up as the next leader of the children if the information comes to the light that she has seen the Mythosaur. We don't really get much Mythosaur information in this episode. I would like to see that plot point furthered in the next episode, even if the next episode is as close to like an action, stagnant type story episode where we don't necessarily progress the main narrative, which we kind of don't know what the main narrative is. We thought the whole season would be about getting back to Mandalore and reclaiming Mandalore bathing in the waters that has already happened in the first two episodes if nothing else i think it should help us define what the main narrative of this season is what's the central story and whether that is with an actual conflict between empire and mandalorians which is what i think it ultimately will come down to whether that started in the next episode or not i think the main crux of this season is the power struggle between din and bo and i think it with this episode we could start to show bo gaining favor with the children of the watch din's brothers and sisters the people who he's grown up with even though he's got the dark saber like i mentioned last week the dark saber is more of an emblem of the rest of the mandalorians it's not really an emblem or an icon that means a lot to the children of the watcher we have not yet seen them actually care about him having the dark saber when he shows it to the armor she's like oh yeah this and she tells him the story but it doesn't actually gain him any status amongst them so the mythosaurs reveal and since bo is the only one who's seen it it seems like the show is pushing us more towards the idea that bo could end up being the the next mandalore that's going to conclude our predictions and speculation for the mandalorian season three episode four thank you so much for watching again if you have not liked the video please do so it really helps us out and subscribe to our channel for more mandalorian coverage we already reviewed episode three so if you have not checked that out make sure you check that review out again voting in the polls if you haven't that is going to be ending today so make sure you're voting and you can send in your bracket up until Saturday night. Make sure you're sending in your brackets for us to feature on our video. Also check out our Jedi Fallen Order live streams. We're going live tonight as well. We will be answering all your questions live in a live Q&A format. So make sure you tune into that. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see y'all next time.